0: Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at OurPurpose.Church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.OurPurpose.Church. We can get you plugged into a group other giving options and an opportunity to connect with the purpose family all across western kentucky and we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you and so let's jump into the message while you're standing we're just gonna go ahead and read some scripture today and if you are able to just out of honor god's word if you don't mind standing to your feet we're going to read god's word together if you have your bibles we're gonna be in mark chapter 6. If not, hey, it's going to be a big, giant Bible up here on the screen behind me, right? And so uh, I'm just really glad that you're here. We're in a series called God With Us. Somebody say, God With Us. Yeah, and we're going to talk today uh, from this story, one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. I'm so excited about it. I can't wait to share just what I feel like the Lord has kind of laid on my heart. It's in Mark chapter 6. It's, number, it's verse number 45. We're going to read about um, about eight or nine verses together. Everybody okay with that? I said, everybody okay with that? All right, good, good. If you're ready for God's say I'm ready. All right, this is what the Bible says. Mark chapter 6, verse 19. It says, immediately after this, somebody shout immediately. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. And while he sent the people home, and after telling everybody goodbye, somebody say goodbye. All right, yeah, that's Jesus. That's what he did. He went up to the hill by himself to pray. And it says, late that night, the disciples were in their boat. In the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. And he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And I just believe that like there's some of you guys that came in this place today. You've walked in this room. You're struggling. You're walking in this room. You're in the middle of a boat, in the middle of a storm. And I just want you to know that just like the Bible tells us right there, Jesus sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're walking through. And so if you ever doubt that, let me just just, just come today, and I, I believe the Lord's going to speak to you today, that he sees you right in the middle of that storm. And I love the Bible because it gives on. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard, struggling against the wind and the waves, and about 3 o'clock in the morning. Come on, somebody say, that's early yes yeah, early right or late just depending on if you've been staying up right in the morning jesus comes towards walking towards them walking on the water the bible said he intended to go past them but when they saw him walking on the water they cried out in terror somebody say ah there you go they thought he was a ghost they were all terrified when they saw him, but watch Jesus, I love what he says, in the middle of their storm, in the middle of their brokenness, in the middle of the wind and the waves, watch what he says. Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Right? And I just want to tell you, like, that's good news today, right? That's good news today that we serve the God that is not far off, that he just sees us and leaves us alone, but no, he is here, God with us, Emmanuel. I'm here, Jesus says. And they, then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. Watch what it says. They were totally amazed, for they did, still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. And I just, again, wanted to encourage some of you today. You walk in this place, and maybe you're in a season of storm. Maybe you're looking around you, and you say, man, I just, I, there is a lot coming against me right now. And I just want you to be able to just understand today that Jesus is a God who is with you in the storm. And uh, you're not gonna. You are not you do not have to walk through it alone. And I want to talk about what that looks like today. So come on, if you don't mind, would you stretch your hands towards heaven? Come on, would you just open them up? and just This is kind of just a posture just to say that we're going to receive from God today what he's going to give us. So, God, we come to you right now. We just say thank you for your word. Thank you that you didn't leave us alone. Thank you that you didn't leave us by ourselves, but you came, and you came uh, to us, and now you are God with us. So today we honor you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his word. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, that we pray. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Come on, one more time. If you love Jesus, can we make a little bit of noise all across this house? I love it. I love it. Once you high five your neighbor, say, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. I'm glad you're sitting next to me. You can go ahead and have a seat. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. And uh, really thankful for you. Aren't we excited about those people going public with their faith today? Come on, six people going public with their faith in Jesus. It's really exciting as I hear those cowbells as you're sitting down. I just love that. I just love that we're going to be a place where celebration is our response, So we're going to celebrate people taking next steps that Jesus is telling us to do. So I just love that so much. I love Baptism Sunday, and I love what God is going to do today. I believe that He's going to speak to us. And uh, the last couple weeks, we've been in a series called God With Us. Week number one, we talked about God with us in the valley, and we talked about how a lot of times what happens in our life is we get to know God on the mountaintop, but we get to experience him and know or we get to just enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know him and really experience his true character in the valley, right? That's what we talked about. And then last week we actually talked about this idea uh, of God in the God is with us in the wilderness. And again, maybe you find yourself walking around not knowing where to go, what to do how to get there, all of that. And again, we walk through wildernesses in our life. And uh, what we talked about last week was this guy named Moses. Somebody say Moses. Yeah, Big Mo. If you missed last week, go back and check it out. But Big Mo, uh, Moses and the people of Israel understood what it was like to go from a mountaintop experience into the wilderness. And again, we find out that wilderness experiences often follow mountaintop experiences, often come right on the heels of a mountaintop experience. I think a lot of us have been there before. And today is no different. We're going to talk about how God is with us in, the storm. God is with us in the storm. I can't wait for that, but uh, first I want to kind of just do an all skate together. This is everybody out on the skating rink floor together. That means you just got to participate, okay? So how many of y'all in the room, show of hands, how many of y'all love a good road trip? Anybody out there? Come on, road trip, road trip. All right, we got some road trippers in the room. I like it. How many of y'all love a good road trip with kids? Come on, somebody. Nobody in about Okay, we're going to pray for y'all right now. Like Y'all love that? Wow. Wow. Okay, all right, I get it. I know, man, all right, you can borrow some R's sometime. You want to take them on the road, right? But, like, like, okay, so this last week, what we did, uh, Conley, our oldest girl, uh, she had a gymnastics competition uh, in Russellville. and So we drove to Russellville uh, last uh, Sunday night and uh, had a little competition. And uh, then we decided, okay, while we're here, while we kind of already decided, oh, we're going we're to drive on over to Bowling Green, stay the night. Then we're going to get up and drive another three hours to the Ark encounter on Monday. And uh, it was a cool, like, that thing is awesome. Like, that thing is huge. Like, if you, again, if you ever need, like, just a, oh my goodness, the Lord is awesome and how he uses people like you and I, like, go see the ark, right? It's pretty incredible. But uh, little did I know, uh, that the ark. I mean, it's a good distance away, all right. And 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 uh, we got a two, we got two two year olds. We got a five year old. that has got to pee every five minutes. And we got a nine year old that is tired of her brother, all right. Cause so and they're all in about a six foot six space. Gammy is with us, and it is awesome, all right. Like it is one of those things, like oh my. So again, road trips are fun when we're thinking about where we're going, right? Like when we're thinking about the destination. But how many of you know when you are going somewhere, you got to go through some stuff, right? You got to be in the car you got to go through some construction zones right you got to go through some stoplights you got to go through some potty breaks every five minutes come on somebody right while well, the parents in the room know what I'm talking about right and you're like nope you're like trying to slap back in the back or you trying to throw something in the back or whatever right that's kind of what happens on road trips and, and again we love the destination of road trip but again we have to go through some stuff in order to get to the place and I think sometimes that's exactly what following Jesus is like I think sometimes we get so, like I, I think we get this thing called what I would like to call destination disease, right? That we get our minds so set on the destination that we forget that God wants to take us through some stuff. That we're going to have to go through some things. That we're going to have to walk through some things in our life. And again, in my redneck vernacular, I want you to write this down. Uh, this is what I think you got to understand about your life with Jesus. As you walk this thing out with Jesus, in order to get to, here's what you got to understand. you got to go through, all right? So in order to get to somewhere, you got to go through some stuff. Right? Again, in order for us to get to the ark, we had to go through some things to get there. We had to, we had to drive. We had to go and do some things. And I really believe that this word through, somebody say through. I think it's one of God's favorite words. We like the word to because we want to get there. But I believe God likes the word through. Here's what Isaiah 43 verse 2 says. And when we get to the underlying word, I want you to say it really loud together. All right, everybody good with that? Everybody help me out? About six of you. I said, everybody help me out. All right, good. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you, God says. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. And the flames will not consume you. And I don't know about you, but I didn't just show up today to have some cool nice little little cute church together. I came today believing in my spirit that today some of you are headed to a destiny full of promise. Some of you are headed to a breakthrough. Some of you are headed to something awesome in God. Maybe it's healing or whatever, but hear me out. If you want to get to, you got to go through. You're going to have to go through it. And as you read scripture, this is how God works right God will take you from mountaintop to mountaintop but how many you know you got to go through a valley to get there Right? God will take you from glory to glory, but you better get ready to go through some wilderness, right? He'll take you from blessing to blessing, but you got to get ready and go through some sacrifice. And he'll take you from miracle to miracle, but you got to go through a storm. And I've come today with a message for you. I hope you're ready for it. I'll come today with a message to let you know that you are gonna get through this thing. Just like our team led us at the very beginning of of today, you're gonna get through this this again, so help me God, but you just got to keep moving. Is there anybody believing today that you're headed towards a beautiful destination? Well, you got to get ready to go through. Just be ready to go through. That's exactly where we find our disciples in Mark chapter 6, okay? So Mark chapter 6, we find them going through this uh, this storm that they're in the middle of right now. And And again, a little context for where we are. For Mark chapter 6, Jesus's ministry has kicked off, okay? So, like, Jesus is ministering to people. He's out there doing his thing. He's out there seeing the multitudes and then even the individuals. And man, this thing couldn't be going any better. Like, it's going real good, man. There's things that are happening. The name of Jesus is starting to spread all over the region. Uh, right before what we just read today, there's the feeding of the 5,000. How many of y'all have ever heard of that before? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Okay, you probably heard of that, where Jesus takes a Lunchable and turns it into the first red lobster come on somebody right that's what Jesus did in the beginning of mark chapter 6 so we didn't read that but right before this and at the very beginning of what we read I told you to say immediately it said immediately after this what was that immediately after? It was immediately after the feeding of the 5,000. So, 5,000 men plus the boys and girls. Come on, somebody. So, how many of us? You know, 15, 20,000 people. God does that. Jesus does that and feeds all of them. And we see that take place. And then, if you go to the end of Mark chapter 6 that we just read, I want you to understand the end of Mark chapter 6 what happens is Jesus not only is ministering to the multitudes at the beginning. But at the end of the chapter, he is ministering to the individual on an individual need basis. There's a miracle that's happening for the individual. I love that about God. I love that about Jesus. He's not just about the multitudes, but he's about the one as well. And he's not just about the numbers, but he knows that every number has a name. And every story, it matters to him. And so what I want us to understand is right sandwiched in between these two miracles of of feeding of the 5,000 and the healing that takes place at the end of Mark chapter 6, we find these guys in the middle of a storm. We find them right in the middle of a storm. And this is what I find so peculiar is so many times. If you are gonna get to a miracle, how many of you know you gotta walk through a storm? You gotta go through something. And some of you right now, you're finding yourself in the middle of a storm. And you have no idea which way is up, you have no idea it's the right direction, and you're fighting for everything you've got, and it's drowned, like you feel like you're drowning, you feel like there's no hope, you feel like there's nothing to look forward to. And I would just say, maybe you need to change your perspective. Maybe you might be in a storm, or maybe you just might be in between two miracles. And I believe that to be true, because the Bible tells us these dudes get in a boat, and they go out into this lake, and guess what? They did that. Why? Because Jesus told them to because Jesus told them to. Jesus told these boys, hey fellas, listen, get in the boat, I'll meet you on the other side. And they kind of, okay, all right. Well, we're just going to listen to Jesus, we're going to do what he says. And then they wind up in the middle of a storm. As they obeyed Jesus, they were led right into a storm. Now listen to me, I don't believe that God creates storms, but I do believe is that God is willing to allow and use storms to prove to you and I that he is God with us even in the storm. That's what I believe. And I just believe that to be so true again the Bible says these dudes out there in the middle of this lake storm is coming in hard they're rowing they're doing all of the things like it's very strong they're fighting everything that they've got it's 3 a.m in the morning the lights are out like it is just a bad time the rain's beating on them and they're panicking and I think so many times that's exactly what a picture of you and I on the inside I think that's exactly what you and I are doing sometimes when we're walking through a storm. Is we're panicking, but we can't let anybody know it. we're, we're walking through a season where, oh my gosh, I don't know what's coming next, and we got to feel like we got to keep it all together. Or we feel like, you know what? I, I especially at church, we got to have it together. We got to have our face on. We got to be ready to go. Like we can't show that we got anything going on. And again, I've always wanted this church to be a place where it's okay to not be okay. That is okay to come in this place where if you struggle, you have things that you're working through, it's just not okay to stay that way. I believe God has more for you and wants more for you. But what I love about this story is, again, these guys are panicking. They're freaking out. It's 3 a.m. They are losing their mind. And I think the greatest problem that a lot of us have when we're in the middle of our storm is that we don't believe that Jesus is near. We don't believe that Jesus is anywhere to be found. Because again, what do we ask whenever we're in the middle of a storm? Just like what we asked last week in the middle of a wilderness. Or just like what we ask when we're in the middle of a valley. God, why? How many of us just really honestly would you say in this room you've ever asked God why? Come on, you, let's just raise our hand. Let's be a, We're going to be honest up in it. I'm going to raise both my hands, okay? I think there's been many seasons in my life where I've said, you know what, why? Why, God? Why are we walking through this? Why is this happening? Why now? It feels like everything was going good. Then why does it just feel like the, literally the legs on my chair were swept out from under me? And maybe you're feeling that. Maybe you're experiencing that. Maybe you're walking through that. And again, I think so many times when we're in the middle of a storm season, we don't think Jesus is anywhere around. And you know why? It's because we're fixated on the darkness. We're fixated on the elements of the storm, we're fixated on the rain, and we can't even see Jesus. But I came to bring some good news on 12, 18, 22. Here's the good news of the gospel. And the good news is, is that when you can't see God, He still sees you. And guess what? He's headed your way. And you just got to keep believing that He hasn't left you, that He hasn't forsaken you, and never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of our God. Because he's right there. He's right there with you. Come on, if we believe that, let's give him a big shout of praise all over this place. <laughs> Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of our God. The Bible says the disciples see Jesus. But come on, this is for all the people that are over 40 years old. But they think he's Patrick Swayze. Come on, somebody, right? Because they think he's a ghost, right? He's a ghost walking out on the water. They start freaking out even more. And again, what happens is... There's nothing worse than being in a storm, but then there's nothing worse than having a a, a ghost up in the middle of your storm. Come on, somebody, right? And this is happening. This is taking place, and these guys are freaking out. And it's not a ghost. It's actually Jesus. But here's the thing. They're blinded by the darkness. They're blinded by the storm that's around them. They're blinded by the elements. And this is what I know is that whatever you see a lot of times is going to dictate what you feel. I think there's a lot of you right now that are walking through something and you're feeling all sorts of things. It's because uh, what you're looking at is creating some fear in your life. See, these disciples right now should be experiencing all kinds of faith because Jesus is on the way. He's on his way. Like, it's Jesus. He's coming. They should be experiencing faith, but they're really experiencing fear because they're fixated on the wrong thing. They're fixated on the storm. Their eyes are on the wrong thing. And what happens is, when it happens, fear sets in. Fear begins to set in. And again, that's what the Bible tells us, that we don't walk by uh, by sight, we walk by faith. Faith does not come by seeing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, there's a purpose for why you show up on the weekends to church. There's a reason why we gather together and encourage each other with our faith. There's a reason why we walk through certain things together. There's a reason why we're going. you, you can go through next and kind of discover your purpose. There's a reason why you jump in a crew and are a part of a community around you. You know why? Those things are building your faith. Those things are building those things around you. And I wonder how many of us, just like the disciples, are experiencing fear when we should be expressing faith. But what I've come today to remind some of you today is you gotta let go of fear. You gotta grab onto some faith. Your God is on the way and He's closer than you can ever imagine. You know what? Jesus has never left you, Jesus is on His way to you. He sees you right where you are in the middle of your storm and He is on His way to you. And the way that you're gonna experience faith is when you close your eyes. Open your heart and your ears and listen to the voice of God telling you and I, hey, you're not alone. Hey, I won't leave you. This too will pass. You're going to get through this. You know why? Because I am with you even in the storm. Come on, if we believe that, can we give him a big shout of praise all over this room? Come on, give King Jesus what he deserves, a shout of praise in this place. I believe that with all of my heart. And I think, again, we always ask the question, why? Why do we go through a storm? Why does that happen? Well, I came today just to share with you why, a couple reasons why I believe God allows us to go through some storms. Everybody okay with that? We got three points after this. Everybody good? Everybody okay? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on with it. All right, good. All right, so number one, I want you to write. Why do we go through storms? Number one, I want you to write this down. It's so that you and I would realize that you and I are not in control. I think God will use a storm To make you and I understand that we are not in control. See, whether we like it or not, going through a storm makes you and I realize that we're not in control. And the Bible says that the disciples, man, they're going hard after it. They're struggling. They're doing everything that they can just to row against the wind and the waves. And in all of their effort, they're getting nowhere. Right? They're not getting anywhere. And what I think is so crazy is I think so many times in my life, have you ever put like so much energy into something, so much time into something, and it still didn't work out? Right? You ever been there before? Ever felt yourself in that position before? Man, I've been working hard at this. I've been doing this thing. I've been trying to be consistent. I've been doing all of these things, and yet nothing ever changes. Maybe you find yourself in that position before. See, this is a hard pill to swallow when you and I realize that we're not in control. When we're not in control, you can have all of your life put together, right? We can have it organized perfectly in little nice little bins. Uh, I can have my I's dotted and my T's crossed. The bank account can be looking good. But how many of us know all it takes is one storm to remind you that you're not in control? Right? I think a lot of us can understand that. And the Bible says, Jesus walks out on the water towards the disciples he's walking out on the water the disciples are straining they're rowing they're trying they're fighting they're scared to death and we all we got to know this is a pretty heavy storm heavy storm because of the fact that that like there's some professor fishermen on the boat and they're freaking out how many of y'all know okay it's one thing if you ain't got no experience and they're not freaking uh, they're freaking out but how many of you know if you got experience with like the storms and going through it and boating how many of y'all know that's the time to freak out come on somebody if the people that that have done it before are freaking out anybody there right like these guys are freaking out they're panicking and the Bible says that Jesus comes walking on the water and he says something real funny in verse 50 he says "Da da, da, da take courage I'm here don't be scared come on that's, that's Dustin's version right don't be scared I take courage I'm here and the disciples are like okay Jesus we're still in the middle of this storm we're gonna die but you're here. Okay, 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 okay. But here's the thing I want us to think about. When they were out of control, what was it that Jesus told them to do? Take courage. When they were completely out of control, Jesus told them to take courage. See, this is what I know about courage. Is courage can't be purchased. Courage can't be borrowed. You can't go to Walmart and buy a little courage, right? You can't borrow some from your mama like, or text your friend. Yo, bro, can I borrow some courage? can't do that. Right? You know, courage can only be uh, gathered one way. You know what it has to do? It has to be taken. Courage can only be taken. It's funny because a lot of us, when we're in the middle of the storm, we're asking God, God, I want to be able to control this. I want to be able to control what's going on around me. But God is not asking you and I to ask for control. He's asking you and I to take courage in the middle of it. Why do we take courage? Courage for what? Why why do we need to take courage? Well, here's the thing. You might not have control, but you can take some courage. Courage. Once you write that down, you need that. You might not have control, but you can take some courage. Courage for what? Courage to face the storm. Courage to go against it and say, you know what? I'm not backing down. I'm not running away. I'm not giving up. I'm going to walk through this thing believing that this thing is going to lead me to another miracle. Why? Because God is with me. He's never left me. He's not forsaken me. I'm going to take some courage in the middle of this. Control is God's responsibility. Courage is our responsibility. So I'm going to challenge some of us today. Somebody shout, take courage. courage. You got to take some courage. You're in the middle of a storm. You can't control everything that's going on. You're out of control. That's what storms do. But you can take some courage in the middle of it. You can say, you know what? I know God is with me. I know he's for me. I know he has a plan for me. This may not be easy. It may not seem like it's perfectly working out. But I'm going to take some courage knowing that he is the God that keeps his promises. He's a promise maker and a promise keeper. And he has promised to be with me even in the middle of the storm. Come on, you got to take some courage. Tap your neighbor and say, take some courage. Come on, that wasn't very courageous how you told them that. Tap your other neighbor that you pick second and say, take some courage. Take some courage. All right. So, So why do we go through storms? It's to understand that we're not in control. Number two, I want you to write this down. It changes our perspective. You know what a storm will do? It'll change your perspective. It'll change your perspective. The Bible says that Jesus shows up and says, yo, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's me. I'm here. That's what Jesus says. And as Jesus, the Bible says, gets in the boat, it says immediately. Somebody say immediately. immediately. Immediately the storm died down and the disciples, it says, were completely amazed. See, this is what I want you to know. Is that it took a storm for Jesus' divinity to be revealed to the disciples. Like, I want us to understand something really quick. What just happened before this would have grabbed our attention. right? He just fed 5,000 people and their kids all right, and wives. Wife. Hopefully not wives, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry. Wife and kids. Okay, there we go. Like, like that that's what he just did before this. And yet it wasn't in the miracle that that revealed his divinity. It was in the storm where they realized that dude, that, that guy, Jesus, he is God. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a good philosopher. No, no, no. He is God. And it took a storm... To change the disciples' perspective of who Jesus was. So I think so many times in our life, what is Jesus trying to do to you and I? Or what is he trying to teach us in the middle of a storm? He's trying to teach us to change our perspective of who he is. He's trying to get us to change our perspective of what he is like. They, they, they were completely amazed. Man, this guy, he's not just, he's not just good at these things. No, he is God. And again, in the middle of the storm, they gained a new perspective. Because it was, it literally, if if you have God in your boat, let's talk about it real quick. Who can stop you? What can stop you? What can come against you, right? And I think that's so true. And here's the idea I want you to think about this when it comes to perspective. is like this idea, I can't choose my storm, but I can choose my spirit. I can't choose what's coming against me. I can't choose what my week is going to look like perfectly, but I can choose my spirit right up in the middle of it. That I have the ability to do that. And when I get a fresh perspective of who Jesus is, it helps me choose my spirit. I can't change my circumstance, but I can change my perspective. And I can always learn something in the middle of the storm. God, you're taking me through the storm. God, you're teaching me in this storm. God, give me a new perspective in the middle of it. Something is shaking. Something is happening. Sometimes you and I need a storm in our life to shake up a fresh perspective of who he is of what his character is, what his nature is, what his love is, what his grace might be, and that it would be revealed to you again. You know why? Because he's trying to get you to understand that he's with you even in the middle of it. He's with you the whole time, right in the middle of your storm. And the last thing, we're going to land the plane on this, this idea. is: what is this storm? Why, why does God choose to use storms? Why can he do that? Why does he take us through storms? It's the last thing, and it's this idea that it sets the stage for an audacious response. It sets the stage for an audacious response. Come on, how many of y'all know audacious is a $5 word? Come on, somebody, right there, right? I had to look it up a little bit because I wanted to make sure I got you the right definition. Audacious. You know what audacious stands for? Daring, bold, courageous, brave, confident. That's what audacious is. so, So what does a storm do? It sets the stage for an audacious, daring, bold, courageous, brave, confident response. See, I really believe that adversity creates the perfect opportunity for audacity. That's what it does. It creates a perfect place for you when storms is setting the stage for you to do something audacious for God. I think so many times in our life what happens is we think storms are there. And what we think is, okay, this storm has knocked me back. Like this is to knock me off a little bit. This is like I I'm gonna give up. I'm a I'm I, man. This storm, man, this is taking me off a of course. It's taking me off of where God has called me to go. And man, I'm just gonna kind of shrink back a little bit. I just don't believe that storms are there for you and I just to take a step back. But it's a time for you and I to take a step into what God is doing. Take a step into his character. Take a step into his nature and say, you know what? I have to decide in this storm right now, is this storm, storm gonna make me back down or is it gonna make me step up? Am I gonna give in to the pressures of everything that's going on around me or am I gonna step up in audacity and faith and say, God, I'm trusting you even in the middle of the storm. I'm trusting you even when my life doesn't make sense. Even when I can't figure it out, even when I've tried to connect all the dots and something still ain't working, I'm going to step up in the middle of it and say, God, I know you're for me. God, I know you have a plan for me. God, I know you're asking me to take a step for you. And according to Matthew's gospel, so we read from Mark chapter 6 today, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are eyewitness accounts to the life and ministry of Jesus, okay? So this story is also recorded in the book of Matthew. So Matthew wrote about it. And we find out that Mark has written about it. But what I want us to understand, in Matthew's gospel, we find out that Peter took an audacious step, took a daring step, took a bold step, took a step that was beyond like just everybody else's step that was taken. And we know that Peter let the storm create a stage for an audacious move. What does Peter do? We know according to the Bible, Peter what? Steps out of the boat and starts walking on water. And I think Peter gets a bad rap sometime, right? I think he does. Because I think Peter, like, everybody's like, oh, he took his eyes off Jesus. Guess what? Peter was the only one that stepped out of the boat. He was the only one. He was the only one that let the storm create an audacious step for him to take. He was the only one. Everybody, oh, you know, took his eyes off. But guess what? He stepped out. He He responded audaciously. And this is what I know, without the storm, Peter would have never walked on water. So maybe you're asking, God, why is this storm in my life? You know what it's maybe, what it's trying to do for you? Push you outside of your comfort zone. Push you outside of the zone where you're saying, you know what, man, this feels comfortable to me. This is known. I know what the next step is. But you know what a storm does? It pushes you outside of that. And maybe God wants to use this storm that you are walking through right now in your life for you to make a bold move for the gospel, for you to make a daring move for Him, for you to make a courageous, brave, confident decision to step into what God has called you to do. Here's the thing. You can be in a storm, but here's my heart. Don't let that storm get inside of you. You can be in the middle of it. You can be walking through it. You can be in the middle of a storm right now, it, but, but it can also be on the inside of you. And I'm just challenging all of us. When we just pray and ask God, God, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let this storm get on the inside of me. I may be in the storm, but that storm ain't in me. And I'm, I'm going to be a guy or girl that says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step up in the middle of it and I'm going to make an audacious, audacious response to what God has called me to do. I think there's some people around this room that, listen, when you're in a storm, it sets the stage for you to take a bold step for Jesus. And this is what I know. All eyes were on Peter as he's walking. you may find yourself in a storm right now and there's people watching, watching how you're going to respond, how you're going to react, how you're going to treat that person, how you're going to treat that family member, how you're going to treat that loved one, how you're going to treat that friend, how you're going to treat that situation. And people may be watching you right now in the middle of your storm. I want you to know, is setting the stage for an audacious response that you can do something for Jesus on the other side of the storm That you can do something in the in the middle of it that you can take a monster step for him but you can't let that storm get inside of you 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 can be in it but it can't be inside of you when life is squeezing you and the pressure is on you we've said it from the very beginning at Purpose Church we want to be known for some things when life squeezes us this is what comes out this is what a storm does for you and I when life squeezes us What are the things that are coming out? And I would just pray that it would be an audacious faith, that faith would be our reaction, that we would step out and say, God, I don't understand. God, I don't have all the answers. God, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to take a bold move for you. I'm going to take a bold step for you. What I love about this story, and we're going to end here, is what's really wild about this text is, again, Mark 6 is what we read today. You can go read that this week. I encourage you to go over and flip over and kind of cross-reference it with Matthew chapter 14. But in Matthew chapter 14, what we'll find out is that Mark 6 doesn't record Peter walking on the water. Did y'all notice that? Mark 6 didn't record that at all, but Matthew chapter 14 does, and I want to just kind of give you a little bit of context to that of of what people would say. Uh, The reason why is Mark was not an actual disciple of Jesus. Did you know that? Mark was not an actual disciple of Jesus. What a lot of people believe is that he was a convert, a disciple of, of a guy by the name of Peter. Okay? And Peter was telling Mark everything to write down that he saw. Everything. So the, the, the book of Mark, as you're reading it, a lot of people say it's Peter that's telling Mark what, uh, this eyewitness account to everything that Jesus has done. And watch this. Again, Mark doesn't record right there Peter walking on the water. I think that's a little wild. Okay, only Matthew does. Only Mark records Jesus is the only one walking on the water. But I got to thinking, okay. What I think is wild, what I think is crazy is that as Peter is telling Mark the story of that night, can you imagine for a second, okay, Mark's writing this down and Peter's telling him, okay, listen, you gotta, you got to understand, Jesus tells us to go get in this boat. We go out in the middle of the water. Man, this, what, this huge storm comes. Like, I'm talking huge. Like, it's big. The storm, we're rowing. We're doing all this stuff. Like, we're freaking out. We're straining. We're stressed. We're thinking we're going to die. And what happens is the wind is coming up against us. The rain is falling. the boat is collapsing like like oh my gosh this is this is bad so so again Peter's telling mark these things and when he got to the most climactic part of the story here's what I want you to understand he didn't tell mark about him walking on water right you see that for a second like he didn't tell mark which is let's just call it what it is that's totally opposite of what I would have done come on somebody right how many y'all yeah if y'all was telling mark something I'd be like yo there's two people walking on water me and Jesus that's it all right I don't know what Bartholomew was doing. Matthew was probably writing something down. Judas was probably doing something wrong, but I was walking on water. That's, what, that's me if I was Peter, right? I'd be letting everybody know, hey, no, 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 I, I walked on water. I, I was out there. I was doing it. But Peter leaves it out when he's telling Mark. Why? Here's why. Because to Peter, it wasn't the most climactic moment of the story. You know what the most climactic moment of the story was? Jesus. Jesus was the most climactic moment. What if I told you today that some of us have been reading this story in the Bible for years, and we walk out of these doors saying, oh, man, you can go and do the impossible. You can go and walk on water. And that's not a bad thing to do. That's not a bad thing to preach. The point of the story, though, is not the fact that Jesus walked on water. Even Peter walked on the water. News flash really quick. Jesus can walk on anything. He's Jesus, okay? Like he could literally do the moonwalk on the moon come on somebody right like cuz he's Jesus he can do that okay And I want us to understand that the story is not about walking on water The story is a picture of the gospel of Jesus. And that you survey God and I survey God that won't let anything stop him from getting to you. No mountain too high, no valley too low, no wilderness too wide, no storm too crazy. If he has to walk on top of the stormy waters to get to you in your darkest hour, in your worst part of the night, then you can rest assured that God is on the way. That he is headed your direction. He's the God who walks through the storm. And he's the God that heads through the night. He's the God that makes this way to you because he believes that you have a purpose for you. This is the gospel. I couldn't get to God, so Jesus came to me. I couldn't get there on my own. I was a wreck on my own, but Jesus came for me. I was lost and broken and busted with no hope, no future. Yet Jesus came to me. Is there anybody thankful that we serve a God who's not far away, but He? Is God with us? Emmanuel, God with us. That's the God that we serve. That's who we serve. And that's what we're talking about. Why this is a big deal? That He would be born in a manger. God with Emmanuel, God with us, it's so that you would know no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're walking through, that He is right there with you. And He's willing to come to you. Even in your sin, even in my sin. And Jesus was not willing to stay far off. We don't serve a God and say, all right, figure it out on your own. No, no, no. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. The fact is that our sin had broken that relationship. But thanks be to God that Jesus was willing to go and say, you know what? I'll pay for that. I'll go and pay for that. I'll go and pay for their sin. I'll go and make that, that sacrifice. The Bible tells us that there has to be a payment made for sin. You got to understand that either you and I will pay for our sin apart from God for eternity in a place called hell or we accept what Jesus has done for us on the cross what I want you to know is that Jesus has made a way he came to you and I he came to you and I said hey I want you to be a part of my family I'm with you I'm here would you accept me would you follow me And he's given you and I the opportunity today we just got to respond to it So, so in the midst of a, a crazy faith move that jesus okay he's coming after you you've got a you've got a, a response time now To where in the middle of your storm maybe you've ne- if you've never said yes to jesus here's my thing for you would you do that today today is the day of salvation today is it i just believe that to be so true for somebody watching online or listening on the podcast or somebody in this room jesus hey would you respond to the gospel today maybe some of you are walking through a storm Maybe you're walking through something in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea which way is up. I want you to know that Jesus is right there with you. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he wants to let you know, hey, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I'm going to be with you. So all across this room, even if it's safe for you online, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, I've never responded to the gospel. I've never responded to Jesus. Maybe that's you and you say, I've never done that. But, but Today is that day that you need to do that. That you're here. That God has been pursuing you, coming after you. He is coming after you. Has come after you. He came and gave his life for you and me. The Bible says that our sin has separated us from God. But thanks be to God that Jesus was willing to come and die on a cross for us. That we couldn't be good enough. That we couldn't work our way enough. That we couldn't. You know what? I couldn't come to church enough. I couldn't get baptized in this water enough to make myself right with God. It was only through Jesus. And Maybe you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus before. I want to just give you that opportunity today. The Bible says, okay, well, Dustin, how do I do that? Here's what the Bible says. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. Well, Dustin, how do I do that? How do I confess that? I'm going to lead you in just a second through just a prayer of confession doesn't have to be word for word. doesn't have to be perfect. But I want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Say something like, dear Jesus, I want you to come in my life. Would you save me? I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you went into the tomb. I believe that three days later you got out of the grave. I, I give you my life. Would you be Lord of my life today? Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Maybe you're in this room, but head's bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here and you say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. I just prayed that something like it. didn't have to be word for word, but I just gave my life to Jesus. man. I just did that. Maybe that's you. Here, I want you to understand something today, that you just made the best decision of your life. you just given your life to Jesus. Man, he made a way for you and I. And man, just responding to that's incredible. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you anything crazy right now, but I am going to ask you, would you slide your hand up and just drop it right back down if that was you? Hey, I just prayed to receive Jesus. You can just raise it up. You can drop it right back down. Awesome. I see a couple of hands. It's awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, hey, that was me. Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love that so much. I want you to know that the best decision you've ever made was that. We want to be a church. That I know you've got questions. I know you're like, okay, now what? Now what I do? What's my next step? And we want to be a church that walks through that with you, walks alongside of you, gets you connected with some other people here at this church, that so you don't have to do this thing called life or, or, or this Christian life alone. So in just a second, I'll kind of give you a little bit more instruction. I feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of telling me to press in a little bit on some people in this room that may have walked in in the storm. So you're walking in in the middle of, okay, it's December the 18th got Christmas coming up, and you find yourself in the middle of a storm, and you feel like there is no hope, that there is nothing I can look forward to, I'm in a season where, man, I'm struggling so bad, and if that's you, listen, I want this to be a place where it is okay to not be okay, and and I want to challenge you with that. It's just not okay to stay that way. You need to let somebody know, and here's my, I'm going to ask you in just a second, maybe you're in the middle of a storm right now. Would you just be honest all across this room if that's you. Say, hey, Dustin, that's me. I just need some prayer. I just need something in my life. Would you just raise your hand? Would you drop it right back down? right now, and you're in the middle of something, and just want to just remind you that God is with you. Jesus is for you. Jesus has a plan for your life. If You know Jesus, and you're walking in the middle of a storm. Just know that you've got the Savior of the universe in the same boat with you. Maybe the storm, you need to understand you're not in control. Maybe you need to understand that, you know what? I, I'm not in control I don't have it all together maybe the storm's trying to teach you that, that, that again the perspective of what you have for Jesus has got to change got to have a different perspective of him maybe it's, this is a storm pushing you out of your comfort zone to say hey I, this is a chance for you to take a step it's pretty audacious I just want to tell you I'm praying for you I saw your hands go up all across this room and I want to tell you we want to be a church that's praying with you and for you as well Just a second, when we dismiss on either side of this platform area here, this altar area, we're going to have some people that just say, hey, listen, we're here to carry some burdens with you. We're going to be the church. We ain't just going to do church. We ain't going to just have church. We're going to be the church. We're going to load our shoulders up next to you and say, hey, we're going to be in this thing with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe in you. We're going to check on you. We're going to make sure you're walking through this. And if you need some help, you need somebody to do this thing called life with, man, we're here for you and with you. So maybe you're here, and in just a few minutes when we dismiss, that, that'll be an opportunity for you to just respond with that. And I'm going to tell you, too, maybe some of you that just prayed to receive Jesus, those same people that are going to be down here on the other side, would you come and let us know? I know you raised your hand. A lot of you did. Would you come and let us know? Because we're not going to count those hands that necessarily going to be raised. We're going to count people that we come and get a chance to connect with. And we want to have a, 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 just a conversation with you and tell you, hey, listen, we're so proud of you. We want to give you a Bible, new believers, God, that hopefully will answer some of those questions that you have as you start this journey with Jesus. And we just want to be a church that's walking through this life with you. And uh, just want to tell you I love you guys so much. And so thankful for everybody that's in this room. So why don't we do this? Why don't we just raise our heads? Can we stand to our feet? Can we give God all the glory and praise, a big shout of praise for saving some people in this room today? Come on. We can give Jesus a bigger shout of praise than that. Come on, can we thank him for that? Can we thank him for salvation? Can we thank him for people going public with their faith and baptism? What a great day. I love that so much. And I really do, I I I really do mean it. And I felt I felt like, again, the Holy Spirit just pushing in on my heart. For somebody in this room, you don't need to walk out of this place today without coming and just having somebody, man, and, hey, we'll we'll shoulder that burden with you. Like, don't walk in this, don't, don't try and go do this thing by yourself. Never created to do that. So I'm just going to ask you, when I dismiss just a second, no, no judgment, no uncomfortable feeling. Man, we got people on both sides of this place. We'd love to talk with you, love to pray with you. Uh, man, I love you guys so much. I can't wait uh, to see you back. We ain't got to wait a whole week. We got to wait three days and we'll be back together. All right. So we got Wednesday night. Do whatever you can to have somebody sitting next to you this Wednesday. All right. Five thirty and seven. Right here, we got a great night planned for your entire family. We got, we got all kinds of stuff. Hot chocolate bar, Santa Claus, cookies, like, oh, it's a candlelight. We're not going to burn the place now. It's going to be awesome, all right? We got candlelight. Can, we're going to sing some Christmas songs together. It's going to be a great night, and I promise you, you need that, that thrill uh, of somebody sitting next to you that hasn't been to church in a long time or doesn't know Jesus. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you. Invite somebody to be here Wednesday night, all right? something special about a Wednesday, uh, like a a night service anyway, but like you need somebody sitting next to you, and I know I've said this before, but like uh, when I say at the end, I'll do it on Wednesday night, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm gonna give you, if you got somebody sitting next to you, I'm gonna give you permission to be peeking, come on somebody, right, you just have one eye open, just be looking, and when I give somebody that opportunity to say, hey, I want to know Jesus, boy, when they raise their hand, and Man, you invited them. You were a part of that story. Like just, the, I'm, I believe the tears are going to start flowing. Just do whatever you can to get somebody here Wednesday night. And we're going to talk about how God is always with us. And I cannot wait for that. I can't wait to see you and your family. Uh, I love you guys so much. So thankful for you. Praying for you every day. Just want you to know it's a huge honor of Allie's and ours and our family just to just to be able to pastor here at Purpose Church. It is a privilege. Like I just I never want to take it for granted. And I just want to tell you thank you. You're the best people in the whole world. I love you guys so much, and I just can't wait to see what God is going to continue to do. And y'all, I always say it, but He's just getting started. The best is still ahead. God's got a lot in front of us, and boy, I can't wait to see it and experience it with you. So let me pray for you. Hope you have the best week of your life. I'm going to pray all the calories out of all that candy you're going to be eating all week long. And uh, I can't wait to see you Wednesday night. Lord, thank you so much for today, God. We honor you. We love you. Thank you for my friends in this room. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you keep them, that you turn your face towards them, that you shine your favor upon them, that this week, no matter the storm, the wilderness, the valley, God, that you would give them peace right in the middle of it. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We thank you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. We love you. See you Wednesday night. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.